I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris. On today's Wimbledon quarterfinals catch-up sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Sensational Svitolina shocks Sviontek. Sinner makes his first slam semi. And Onzi Bohr gets revenge on Elena Rabakina. Kim, today is the 12th of July and we are here to catch up on the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Our semi-finalists in the men and ladies competitions are set. Igor Sviontek will not be there. Novak Djokovic will be there. And sadly, Jesse Pagula and Andre Rublev, they have still not broken their Grand Slam quarterfinals hoodoo. They have not. They remain the bridesmaids. Um, <laughs> lot of similarities between both of their pl- them players. And uh, yeah, a bit of a shame they haven't been able to get across that final line into the semi-finals. Is Rublev ATP Pagula or is Pagula... WTA Rublev. Oh, I don't know, but I kind of wish they could go to some kind of quarterfinal dance <laughs> for people like knocked out of the quarterfinals. A bit like the Champions Ball, yes. but for quarterfinalists, because <laughs> I think they'd make a nice a nice pairing. Mm. Um, but it's yeah. nothing to be sniffed at. I mean, in terms of no. how many quarterfinals they've 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 got, and we we will we will come on and, and talk about that. We're going to be wrapping up all the women quarterfinals in the first half and then we're going to be talking about all the men's quarterfinals in the second half and we're going to give our semi-final predictions as well I'm a bit nervous I'm not going to lie about that but I'm certainly going to be listening out for your predictions because you seem to be you seem to be doing the best of us uh, uh, over this uh, over this last fortnight well yeah I, I I know you mentioned in the in the pod previously I think I've got half well I had half of the quarterfinal line you up correct think, you think on oh, the women's side <laughs> <laughs> and I've got three right I think in collector set um which I, I think is the best I've ever done uh, or joint <laughs> unheard best. of I know and I'm still on for two Wimbledon champions in my predictions as well Sabalenka and Djokovic are still fighting their way through so um we shall see but yeah let's let's talk about the quarterfinals let's start with the women because today we had Rabakina against Jabor and Sabalenka against Keys. I think the match of the day out of those two was definitely Elena Rabakina the defending champion against Onjabor last year's finalist so we had a repeat of the final last year and it was all about you know could Onjabor avenge her defeat in that final last year and and she did uh three sets it took her she came from a set down um but she dominated that that final set and really raced away with it at the end um clinching that last set 6-1 so she is through into her third grand slam semi-final and the defending champion is out joel what did you make of of this match today i mean what is it with on and wimbledon because it just seems to elevate and raise her game and um, I was very impressed with 
how she responded in this match against Rebecca, particularly after that first set um, in the tiebreak, which was so close to come back and sort of not get, I think, too downhearted and too disappointed about that, I think was very impressive. I think I was particularly kind of fascinated by, you know, the comments coming in from your ball was all about kind of the revenge and, um, you know, the fact that they played last year. And I think the, the, the match this time around was completely different outlook and mindset i feel like last year your ball let the occasion and the moment get to her wimbledon final against someone like a rebecca of course it's going to be really hard to not let that phase you um, and intimidate you and i think when she walked onto the court in this this time around i think she just had such a, a much more positive outlook yes maybe she was helped by rebecca's serving at times but you could see the variety that she played with. I think it moved Rebecca all around the court. And I think that's one of her biggest weaknesses is her movements. And your ball was able to exploit that. And uh, the result was a completely different outcome to last time. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in a quarterfinal, there is going to be less pressure on you, especially as, you know, you'd lost to this player mm. 12 months previously. Maybe the, you know, obviously Rebecca probably was the favourite going into the match. I think that helps you bore. And, you know, she she got, had that set point in the opening set and lost it. So like you said, she did so well to kind of regroup, take the second set and then walk away with it in the third. And I think Rebecca, you know, yeah, like you said, she wasn't, she doesn't move quite as well um your ball played to that and also Rebecca her serve really dropped in that final set so um I think for Rebecca you know considering coming into this tournament she we hadn't seen an awful lot of her on the court um she'd had that illness you know uh, which took her out of the French Open so I think getting to the quarterfinals is, is a decent enough performance um obviously it's not a title defense which she would have been hoping for but I think she's had overall very good tournament with some with with some impressive wins um and maybe the fact that she didn't have much of a match previously against had admired maybe didn't help going into this one um but Jabal what a great mentality out there today and definitely a fan favorite I'm sure the crowd are really going to be cheering her all the way through the rest of the tournament I did enjoy her saying uh, although she won the match she was a bit like I kind of wished it was the other way around and mm. uh, she would have got a, a grand slam title if this yeah. was, if this happened the first time around. But I do think it shows in terms of progression and experiences, sometimes you need those losses to kind of understand, you know, next time I have this challenge, how do I get the victory? And I think this is, I think this is testament to that. And um, I do, another thing I've also been kind of really pleased with in terms of Jabor is the fact that when it does come to grand slams, you can just turn it on I think that shows the character that she has the belief that she has and even though I don't think she had the the greatest kind of run up to to Wimbledon she can kind of get herself in a mindset that gives her that kind of confidence right I'm here I'm a contender and I'm going to prove it and um, this was the biggest test I think so far she faced I thought Petra Vitova maybe was going to give her a a run for her money but um yeah, I think that the, the way she has grown into the tournament, the, the belief that she's had pulling on last year's run as well, um, I served her really, really well. And who knows, maybe she'll get to another Wimbledon final. Maybe it'll be third time lucky for her, should she mm. get there, um, given that she lost two of those Grand Slam finals last year. Perhaps she's playing just with a bit more of a relaxed mentality. Last year, she was visualising winning so much. She, she had a photo of the phone, of the uh, trophy on her phone. 
she seemed to talk about it so much in her press conferences, didn't she? Like, mm. as you said, there was almost this borderline like obsession about, mm. uh, you know, being really blasé and open about it. And you you sort of thought, hang on, is, is that the right identity, I feel like, to give off in, in a press conference? And, and maybe it's a little bit, you know, I still think she's very extroverted and, and you can see that on the court. But maybe, again, it's been a little bit more tempered this time round and as you said that has enabled her to be a little bit freer a little bit more relaxed and um, I think that's arguably when she plays her best tennis well she's going to need to play her best tennis uh, for the semi-final because she will be playing Arena Sabalenka who came through today against Madison Keys 6-2-6-4 so quite a straightforward scoreline against Madison Keys today Uh, Sabalenka you know doing doing her what she does best basically just going after everything and, and um, Madison Keys <laughs> doing what she does best as well uh, yeah. lots of unforced <laughs> errors uh, as well as lots of winners yeah I think the the ratio was um was not so good for Keys and I think that was really the the story of the match but yeah a bit of a, a slugfest between the two of them but Sabalenka coming out on top and if she does make the final, Sabalenka, she will become the new world number one. So she will knock Sviontek off uh, the top of the rankings. So that's extra motivation for Sabalenka. She, obviously, she wants to win Wimbledon. She wants to get into um, another Grand Slam final. But she also, you know, wants that number one ranking. Um, it's been over a year since anyone else has had it bar Sviontek. So do you think, based on what you saw from her today, Joel, that she has got the the game and the form to get into the final and to get that number one ranking right now absolutely i think she you know she's got a big few days coming up with with so much on the line you know by the end of this week she could be the world number one and with another grand slam title in her locker and if you look at how she responded i think to to madison keys in particularly in that second set you know she was uh what 40 love down to keys and then she just went into full on beast mode you know it was it was incredible you know she was hitting so many winners and she didn't let the situation uh, you know get on top of her I think we you know have always spoken about in the past with Sabalenka that she's her temperament it it can go haywire and when it does go haywire the matches can get away from her so quickly so to see her in a really tough spot in that second set to come out the way she did um, and play the way she did without hitting any many or any unforced errors was mightily um, impressive and Madison Keys as big a hitter as she is she was just left powerless yeah and Keys uh, you know she'd won Eastbourne coming into this she you know hadn't lost a match on grass mm. quite well so obviously in good form but just not at the same kind of level of I think ferocity and and you know as as Sabalenka who just out out hit her really at the end of the day and Sabalenka she is now the first player since Serena Williams to have made four consecutive semi-finals at a Grand Slam which I think is pretty impressive um and other than Serena Joel do you know who the last player was to have reached um three Grand Slam semis in a row in the same year Azarenka Kvitova no, it's actually, and I would never have guessed this in a million years if I hadn't seen this stat online, um, Eugenie Bouchard oh, back wow. in 2014, <laughs> I think. So, um, you know, how, how she's fallen down down since then. It just shows, I think, in terms of Sabalenka, the, the consistency that you know, she has added to her game. I think that is testament to, you know, what she, the, the, the effort she's put in, particularly with her shots. You know, we've, we know about her 
struggles, for example, on, on serve in the past, serving countless, countless double faults and, and losing matches. And to see her kind of go back to the drawing board in terms of biomechanics, working on those shots, I think it's really paying dividends now in terms of you're just not seeing those shots break down, I feel, like we used to. And uh, it's, I think, gives her that confidence that even when she, you know, may, might be down in a set or a, or a breakdown that, you know, she can be, she can have that belief in her shots that actually, don't worry, I'm, I can rely on that to get me out of trouble as opposed to, to get me into trouble. So I think that's worked really, really well for her. And the fact that, you know, she can be, uh, have another Grand Slam in, the, in you know, in a trophy cabinet and have the number one ranking, I think, is a testament to the fact that, yes, she's a big game player in these tournaments and, you know, she is ready to go and she brings that intensity and aggressiveness to the tennis court. But it also shows the consistency that she's bringing. I think that's something that, you know, you would say in her career up to maybe last season had certainly been lacking. Yeah, she definitely is hard to match for uh, intensity, is, is Sabalenka. <laughs> I mean, we'll make some predictions later on, but just bear in mind, Sabalenka does lead uh, the head-to-head with Onjibor 3-1, and they did actually play in the quarterfinals here yeah. two years ago, which was straight sets for Sabalenka. I think it was a, quite a straightforward yeah. um, straight sets win for uh, Sabalenka. And I think it's going to be fascinating in terms of Jabor and... The level of power and, you know, the, the power players that she has faced. You know, she had Kvitova, she had Rabakina, and now she's got Sabalenka. And I think it's probably got, it's got harder each time. The player maybe has got less erratic and it feels like Sabalenka is going to be the, you know, the ultimate test there because she's added, she's added more margin to her game. That's why, again, I think she's become such a, such a competitor. She's got into a position where she could be, world number one and um Jabor is gonna have to pull every trick in the book I think to uh to nullify that threat yeah and given what we've seen of Jabor in the last two rounds I I just think it makes Bianca Andreescu like her performance against Jabor look really impressive apart from the end of the match I thought she did really really well given that we've seen Jabor kind of get better and better since then so um, I think she'll be quite pleased in hindsight let's look at the other side of the women's draw because uh Shock of the day yesterday was Alina Svitolina knocking out Iga Svantec, uh in three sets. So the world number one has gone. Svantec's quest for a Wimbledon title will have to wait another year. Uh, it was 7-5-6-7-6-2 to Svitolina. Svantec served for that first set and I uh, thought it was all going to be kind of straightforward. But um, yeah, it, it was not to be. Even when I went to a third set, I thought, oh, Svantec's going to do this one now and, and just kind of run away with it. But it went the other way and Svitolina pretty comfortable in the end in that in that final set. What What is going on with, with Svitolina and, and her return to not just the tour, but Wimbledon? This is her fourth win over a Grand Slam champion at Wimbledon alone, which is just incredible. Um, what a run of form. And um, yeah, did you see this result coming, Joel? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think maybe there were there were warning signs in the, in the last match with, with Shion Tech and you know, coming through the, those match points against Bencic. I think in this match, uh, her forehand was very inconsistent um at times but um i was very impressed at the same time with how svitolina 
dealt with the difficult moments, particularly that second set tie break where, you know, you could see she was very close to, to pulling out a straight sets victory against Fiontech. She was up in the tie break. You thought, oh, this is only a matter of time now. And then we saw that mental resilience, I think, Iga Fiontech showed against Belinda Bencic, came out, played some some very very good tennis to almost kind of steal that tiebreaker I think from um from the clutches of, of Svitolina so I was I was fascinated with how Svitolina was going to respond in that in that third set and to think she brought that level of tennis in that third set and it just sort of went away from Sviontek so easily I don't think anyone was prepared for that no and I mean quoting the stats again and on uh, you know rather unsurprisingly Serena Williams features in a lot of stats Svitolina is only the third player in the open era to actually beat four uh, former Grand Slam champions in one Grand Slam tournament mm. so Serena Williams did that in the US Open in 99 and Justine Ennan at Roland Garros in 2005 they both went on to win the title so that bodes well for Svitolina um, and I guess for me, it's it's sort of a bit of a classic tale in the sense that she's come back from having a child. You know, she's now a mother. And I think that just gives so much more perspective and makes her more relaxed on the court because she's got that kind of, um, that she looks at things differently. That's what she was saying. And, and obviously the war going on in, in her home country, it just means that on the court, she's not feeling the pressure in terms of her tennis. Um, and I think that just allows her to play her like her true natural game and just kind of, be more free and we're seeing that pay dividends on on the court i tell you what caroline wozniacki has a lot to live up to i think with her um <laughs> with her with her uh, scheduled comeback but um yeah it's it, i mean it's been an incredible it's been an incredible ride um you know for, for svitolina and um i think we've got to remember that you know pre uh you know taking a break from tennis she was a very very good competitor it's not like I think we I, I'm surprised anyway that she has got back to this level but to me what's been uh, you know has taken me by surprise is is how quickly I think she's got back to this level quarterfinal at French Open now a semi-final at Wimbledon the players that she's beating um, you know she was match tough coming into coming into this semi-final with um, uh, with Iga Sviontek yes Iga Sviontek she you know may have been scared into into playing the, the tennis that she needed to at, at this time, given, you know, those match points against Belinda Bencic. But the route that, that Svitolina has had, you, you'd say that there is, there's been no gimme matches there. And um, again, I think it just shows that she has had to be on it from, from day one. And although I think the the Ukraine situation, maybe that could be a pressure. I think she's channeling it in the right way. And actually it's making her more resilient and more stronger when it comes to these matches where she's playing players who, you know, in the rankings, yes, lots, you know, much, much higher above me, but actually she's, you know, she's just taking that out of the equation and being like, I'm here to play tennis. I'm doing it for my country. This is what I can do. Yeah. And we see with Shriontek, you know, just going, talking about the kind of the war, you know, Shriontek always wears that mm. Ukrainian flag on her hat and she actually put on a charity match for Ukraine, which Svitolina was umpiring, I think last year, when she was on her maternity leave. So the irony now that she's come back and beaten uh, Shriontek, you know, on centre court at Wimbledon. But um, I mean, it's, it is just amazing. And I think... Um, Has it surprised I, you? I think not in terms of like the form, because she's been to Grand Slam semifinals before. She's been world number four. But I think, yeah, the speed 
coming back, having that time off the tour, um, how quickly she's got the results. I mean, she's going to be back up to at least 27th in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, coming in when she started playing again in April, she was about 1,400. So what a rise up so quickly. Um, but it, it, I mean, we've it reminds me, I guess we've seen it perhaps more recently, Peronkova at the US Open a couple of years ago. I think it might have been one of her first events. She got to the quarters. But I think this is even more remarkable, you know. I mean, I love how I love how relaxed she is because on the court afterwards, she said, "Yeah, you know, I think she was asked, what are you going to do after the match? She was like, I'm going to go have a beer. And I think everyone, you know, <laughs> everyone uh, can relate to that. It's a very feel good. Um, it's a very feel good story. And I guess, quite Kim, the question on everyone's lips is, is Harry Styles ever going to be in attendance at, at these matches? Because they've got this sort of uh, like, well, she's going to have to put off uh, her Harry Styles uh, uh, tickets uh, a bit longer. Who knows? Do you think is Harry Styles ever going to going to go watch one of one of her matches now? I was wondering if he could make it to like the final if she gets there, but I, he might be away on tour. I yeah, think that's actually, I've not checked. I've, yeah, actually, I hold my <laughs> hand up. I've not checked Harry Styles' uh, tour, tour schedule. schedule. <laughs> but I did notice that he, I think he did comment um, on uh, on one of her uh, posts on, on social media. So there is definitely some sort of like interaction kind of going on there. But um, yeah, it's incredible to think what, what Svitolina has done. And um, although I think with comebacks, there's a lot of trepidation there and i I almost think like you 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 feel you you know how hard it is when you see i think players like you know andy murray dominic team um but you've got to remember at the other end of the spectrum it could it could be something like alina svitolina and uh that's what makes it i think it's to me that's what makes it that much more like wow is because we know how hard it is to to come back from from you know these moments that slog up the rankings. In fact, she's got a wild card, and there's you know offered little protection there. As you said, the four major champions she's had to defeat so far, mightily impressive. Absolutely, I think. I mean, I think just going back to the sort of point of Murray and team, you know, they had injury problems, so I guess um, more difficult in the sense that. As far as we're aware, Svitolina didn't have a sort of long-term yeah. injury, but still, True. having a child is is no mean feat, and will give a lot of you know physical changes to your body and you know mental changes as well. Like you know, you're a different person in many different ways, so it's it's a different sort of thing to deal with, but still very um, difficult regardless. And and just on Iga Swiatek, she could by the end of this week not be world number one um and you know she would have been going in with high hopes here given you know she won the french open could she could she win her first ever wimbledon what do you think's going on through her mind in terms of her season and, and where and where she's and where she's at because at times during that match there were some very heated moments between her and her box and her um mm. you know her mental uh her, you know her mental coach um where where do you think where do you think Shiontek goes from here? Do you think you know this is a? I don't want to say like the 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 rails have come, the, the rails have come off. No, <laughs> but um, do you think she'll be disappointed with how Wimbledon has gone for her? I think she'll be disappointed, and if she's getting sort of worked up with you know like her psychologist, that that's not. It's not really a good look in the sense that the psychologist, I assume, is there to keep you sort of nice and calm. And um, so I think she'll have to sort of take some time away and regroup and focus on like the US hardcore where she will be defending, you know, the US Open. So she probably needs to switch her focus to that after a bit of a rest and um, 
you know, I guess her focus really now is, you know, she's done Roland Garros several times. She's a three-time champion there, but, you know, does she want to become like a great of the game and win all four slams? And she's going to have to put the work in to really transition her game more for the grass because as, as we know, Wimbledon has been her least successful slam. So, but then I think, you know, given her age, that's more of a, I guess a long-term project. So she's got certainly time on her side and I don't think she should be panicking um, anytime soon because all in all perspective, you know, she'll be, if not the world number one, the world number two and a quarterfinal showing here, which is her best showing yet. So definitely still some positives um yeah overall. I mean, she, yeah she wasn't like downbeat i think in a in a no. press conference I, in fact i think she was actually pretty happy for for uh, alina city in terms of, mm. of how she did so um yeah I'll, I'll be interested to see how she does how she does bounce back and um i, I think it's like yeah clay yeah you're great but certainly work to do on the other court surfaces knowing eager she'll probably reopen her bakery in uh <laughs> Canada uh, <laughs> when we resume um, but let's have a look at the final quarterfinal um, in the women's side because we had Marquesa von Drusova mm. versus Jessie Pagula um, yeah I don't know what to make of this one really because I thought you know on paper Pagula's like the favourite you know she's the number four seed uh, but von Drusova has been to a grand slam final she, she's gone deeper as a slam and it, so I kind of thought it could go either way Um and in the end, it was pretty um, evenly balanced. It was a three-setter. Uh, Pagula was up in that last set. Um, 4-1. Von Drusva came back, yeah, to, to clinch it. So Pagula's so, so close to her first semi-final. It's um, going to sting. I think it's going to sting because given her record in, in quarterfinals, that's now seven quarterfinals all exited at this stage. And you'd think against someone like Marquetta von Drusva at Wimbledon, um, you know, a surface on grass. She said, you know, she she plainly said that she's not had great performance on this surface in her career. You felt like this was um, an opportunity. But at the same time, I think Pagula was shown by von Drusva in that third set what it really takes um, to get to a Grand Slam final, which of course, you know, she has done. And that, that level of tennis that, that von Drusva brought in that third set I don't think we've seen that for a long time. I don't think maybe you think we've ever seen that level that that she brought and and almost kind of Pagula was was powerless to to stop it. Um but yeah, she will be I think very very disappointed um because I think there've been some quarterfinals where she's just plainly not got the luck of the draw and she's just come up against a an opponent who's been too good. But with Marquetta von Drusova on the other side, a very very good player and a player bar injuries surgeries her wrist you know would be a lot higher i think than, than where she is she would i think be going away and think i could have broken my duck there yeah but i think you know we we know as as joe conta fans not to underestimate von Drusva. um and von Drusva, like you said did struggle with injuries after she reached that french open final so perhaps would be would have come into this tournament in a completely different situation had she not had some really unfortunate um injuries and time away from the tour in the last few years but why you know i do feel it is quite interesting she came into this this wimbledon having only won four matches on on grass yeah. in, her, in her career which is um ironic she's i think definitely the surprise um semi-finalist i mean if you can say you know the fact that a wild card is the other semi-finalist that yeah. she's playing i was gonna but, say that's, um, it's a surprise semi-final yeah. Svitolina von Drusova. <laughs> absolutely um and i mean i think it's great for von Drusova. you know i think i've been sort of 
looking to see, you know, will she go deep at Sam again? Will she mm. kind of suddenly Did come you think to this moment again? would have would have come again? You know, we had obviously as you said, that, that French Open final that she got to, uh, you know, was a, as a teenager. I think she was nineteen. I think she's twenty four now. I feel like she's in that that weird phase that there were a few players in there of like a veteran on the tour, but still quite young at the same time. Yeah, she's been around for a while. Like I don't think we we were really familiar with her before she reached that French mm. Open final, but certainly um she's just sort of fallen off the radar because she's not been getting the results really um too much, but I think hopefully this is the start of her getting back up the rankings because in theory she should certainly be, you know, a seeded player at slams given her level. Um and she's got a good record against like top five opponents. Like she's she's even with with, you know, seven wins, seven losses. Um so when it when it does come to, you know, playing the top player, she does have some good results, uh, of course. Um, mm, I guess big, it's just yeah. the consistency we're she's, looking for from her. She's she's a big game player. Me me and Chris have seen her yeah, play for Czech Republic um, uh, in the Billie Jean King Cup. And I we always are like, wow, that level of tennis she's brought. Why can't, you know, we're almost like frustrated. Like, why can't you do that more, you know, more on the tour? And um, I really do hope, yeah, the, that she's seen the last of, of those injuries because I'd love to see where she can truly go um, now after all this time in the in the wilderness, where can we see her um, you know rise in terms of the rankings? Do you, do you see her as where where do you where do you see where do you see her potentially going? Where do you where do you see you know with a, a you know another semi final here um, following that final all those years ago Roland Garros? Where do you see von Drusova's kind of career going? I guess uh, for the rest of the season, how high up the rankings? Do you think this is a good platform she can build upon? Certainly a good platform and she will fortunately get ranking points from this year's Wimbledon, which mm. will help. I think she's got the potential for top 10 if she can play like we've seen her play, like the, the last bit of that match um, against Pagula, you know, yesterday. Pagula, like you said, you know, you can say, oh, she choked, she was four and up, but actually it, it was more of Andrews for just raising her level and, and, you know, blasting shots down, like you said. So if she can keep that sort of performances up, you know, um, consistently on the tour, then why not, you know, a top 10 player? Um, I think going into the semi-final, I'm, I'm not really sure who to predict out of her and Svitolina. I mean, they've got quite a close head-to-head. It's 3-2 to Svitolina. But Von Drusifer, I think, won um, the last one they played, which was at the Olympics in 2021. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. And, and both, like you said, a surprise semi-finalist. So in a way, they've both got like nothing to lose. Um, so I hope they're just kind of going to go out there and, you know, I'm sure they will obviously give it all they've got, but I hope they kind of go out there with, without feeling the pressure yeah. so we can really see a, an amazing I, match. I can't see them being both, given the experiences they've had in the past, I can't see them necessarily being phased you know by the occasion um i think they i think they will leave it all out there i certainly know leaders leaders go, going to um but yeah it, it could be i think a very tough match and i think for you know you, you maybe sense it, it's on svitolina's racket a little bit more um but we always know that it's it's always hard to back up wins against top players and uh I, i'm I'd want I'd be I'd be asking you know how how much is left I guess in the Svitolina tank in terms of the fact that she's defeated four major champions um there's all this you know I guess expectation you know on on her um you know even herself she was not 
she had as i say she had harry styles book she wasn't in her own head wasn't maybe even meant to get this far so i'd be interested to see how much she's got left in the tank but certainly she's going to be spurred on um by um certainly by i think doing it for for ukraine as it were yeah, and I think she'll get the crowd support as well. Not not that the crowd would have anything against von Juicefer, but they want to see the fairy tale kind of come back complete, don't they? So um, let's take a quick break now, but we'll be back in the second half looking back on all the men's quarterfinal action from Wimbledon. So do not go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. NordVPN is a virtual private network, which means it protects your internet connection and privacy online. VPNs create an encrypted tunnel for your data, protecting your online identity by hiding your IP address. But what does this mean for our Tennis Weekly listeners? Well, we chose to partner with NordVPN because it will allow you to watch tennis wherever you are. With NordVPN, you can connect to servers around the world. So when you're looking to watch live tennis and get that pesky message, this stream is not available in your market, all you have to do is open NordVPN, click on a location and you'll be connected in seconds. Personally, I've been using NordVPN for the last two years since I moved to Denmark, allowing me to still connect to my UK streaming services and watch all the tennis matches I need to in order to provide the best analysis I can every week on the podcast. So if you're looking to watch every court at Wimbledon, but you can't in your market, or you're on your summer holiday and want to keep up on all the action from SW19, then NordVPN has you covered. Download NordVPN today with our exclusive deal at NordVPN slash Tennis Weekly. But make sure you use our link to secure the best deal and support the podcast. It really does help us keep doing what we love. Plus, it's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Sign up before the players are ready and take to the court. Welcome back to the Tennis Weekly Podcast, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Now we're going to move on to the men's quarterfinals. Uh, Today, we saw Medvedev and Eubanks and also Alcaraz and Runa. But let's look back uh, before um, at yesterday's uh, quarterfinals. Djokovic against Rublev. So Djokovic, obviously seven-time Wimbledon champion, um, and hands down favourite still to to win the title here for the eighth time. He came through in four sets against Andre Rublev. He went a set down, but re- rebounded very strongly. Were you strongly. worried at all, Kim? He dropped that first set. Were you were you were you worried? <laughs> I was panicking my socks off. No, not at all. I said um It was like the donation it felt like a donation. Uh it's like, well done, you've got to the semifinals. I will give you a set and that's it. Yeah, here's your token set, and now I'm going to demolish you, um, which he did. He, I think he quickly went five mm. love up in the second set. So an absolute typical kind of champion goat response from Novak Djokovic there. He's now into his 46th major semi-final, which equals Federer's record. So he is yet again, you know, getting all these stats and numbers um, and sort of overtaking <laughs> and equaling. Um, but yeah, I mean... What did you make of this match, Joel? I mean, talking about Andre Rublev, maybe that's that's the perhaps the more interesting conversation to have in terms of how he did, because I think what we got from Djokovic was pretty much what we expected. But what did you make of Andre Rublev's performance? I think we know with with Andre Rublev that he leaves it all out on the tennis court. He's got a tremendous heart. Um, he's very humble, and people people love him for it. Um, we've seen that I think over the last you know fortnight here particularly with that miracle shot I feel against Bublik which probably won him lots and lots of new fans but I think when it comes to these the you know the sharp ends of tournaments he is 
amazingly consistent like a you know like a Jesse Pagula and it gets him so far but he is still yet to make that breakthrough and I do think that he has had very tough quarterfinal matchups where you you just say the other person played the better tennis and unfortunately I think this is another one um, of those instances but I do think he's in that tricky spot of my tennis is consistent I've got great heart fans love me it can take me to this this point in Grand Slams, the quarterfinals, but is it going to take me to my first ever semi-final at the moment? No, it's not. And I think that will be really frustrating and this disappointing to him. And and maybe he'll look at like kind of a, a you know a Yannick Sinner who was in a similar spot but has had a div- different outcome this championships and has made his first semi-final. Yeah, because yeah, up till now they've sort of had slightly similar storyline in slams. Although Sinner is still a few couple of years younger than Rublev. Um, Rublev's been in, I think, eight quarterfinals mm. now. But there's still... more baggage I feel with with Rublev, even if yeah. he doesn't necessarily show it. Um, and you, you do wonder, like, he, I think he's you know he's intimidating to the players and the players with the rankings below him, but more or less when he comes to players around him that aggression that intimidation on court it just gets blunted and we saw that in in the Novak Djokovic match yes that that first set um you know he won but once Djokovic raised his level he really was able to kind of contain all of all of what Rublev was throwing at him yeah, and I think we've made this parallel before, but he does remind me quite a bit of, you know, like a David Ferrer, very consistent, very, you know, dogged mm. mentality, hardworking, but just never quite going to get that that big win. I mean, I know Ferrer got to a French Open final, but just sort of very consistent. But I'm afraid, like we said before, the bridesmaid, which I would love for Rublev to kind of change that and what step do you up think, again. What do you think he needs to do? to get out of this get out of this rut that that he is in in terms of grand slams and quarterfinals it's very tricky and i think is it just would... the draw is it just the draw cuz some genuinely sometimes <laughs> i'm like I, I see some of the tennessee players and i'm like hmm. how is this guy not reached a grand slam semi final and i do just wonder if he's just got incredibly unlucky with with some of the matchups he you know he's got but then if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best, as they say. And I, I mean, I know he got to the quarters in Australia this year, also played Djokovic. So I wonder, yeah, how many times it is the fact that he's lost to the eventual champion, one of the big three. Um, it's, But you've got to have that kind of killer edge. And there's just something that is not quite clicking to to get him to that point. And maybe it will come later in his career. And maybe, you know, when the likes of Djokovic retire, that opening in the draw will combine with him sort of finally cracking the so is, is that the answer just sort of <laughs> wait, wait, it, to wait it out yeah <laughs> gosh um he definitely won't be employing us as, as a motivational <laughs> speakers will he um but yeah i just think even if he'd played you know as well as he did in that first set it was always going to be a tough ask to um you know get to say five sets or, or to beat Djokovic. you know he just really settled in and just went back to kind of classic you know, Djokovic domination after that first set, um, which is so hard to break down. He's just um, so consistent. I don't see anything from anyone else in the draw that's going to suggest they can Ooh. beat Djokovic. Well, it's do you care to disagree? It's interesting Joel? you say. It's interesting you say that because Daniel Medvedev is still in Wimbledon, and Medvedev beat Djokovic in a Grand Slam final at the U.S. Open, and 
I would put him as my kind of biggest threat, I think, to to, to Djokovic winning um, an eighth singles a Grand Slam title at Wimbledon. I put I put Medvedev above Alcaraz because he's done it before, mm. and maybe there's that seed of doubt that would be there in Djokovic if that matchup happens. I don't know if you if you agree or, or disagree, but I, I think if there is one player who could. In, in a phrase I like to use, upset the the Djokovic apple cart. Um, <laughs> it's it's Daniel Medvedev. Um, but maybe you disagree. Maybe you think it, it, Carlos Alcaraz can could could maybe bring it out. I don't know. Where, where do you stand? I just want to see like a gif of Djokovic holding a cart of apples or something <laughs> like selling apples, and then Medvedev coming along and pushing it over. Um, I'm. I totally get your point. Medvedev's beaten him in a Grand Slam final. I think the caveat when Medvedev beat Djokovic was that Djokovic, I think, was going for all four yes, in that he, one that year. There was a lot of pressure there. He was very... Um, he cracked like, in that final. He, yeah. He was, he was in that... Ch- I remember that... I can still remember that changeover when he had the, the towel over his head. It just... It just... You don't see that often with Djokovic, but yeah, he just mentally imploded. And we've seen more finals than we have that where Medvedev's lost to Djokovic mm. like in Australia and kind of combusted and got all annoyed and upset. So that is what makes me think that might not be the best final at Wimbledon. But then we saw Alcaraz get stress cramp against Djokovic in Roland Garros. So would that also be, you know, a non-entity of a final? I, I'm, I'm not sure either way. Um, perhaps Yannick Sinner could be the one to upset the apple cart <sighs> in the semi-final. Do you think he's got a chance? He came through Roman Safulin in four sets to get into his first semi-final of a Grand Slam. So... You know, well done, Yannick Sinner. You've broken that that quarterfinal hurdle. Um, also, the only the third Italian man to reach the last four at Wimbledon. Obviously, the most recent being Matteo Berrettini. Um, do you think the fact that Sinner's kind of made his first semi-final? Do you think that's going to inspire him with with confidence, or do you think he's going to be thinking about being two sets up against Djokovic last year and then and losing and thinking, what do I have more that I can give to um, rectify that? He is going to need all the help uh, he can get. He needs the Carotta boys back. Oh, yes. Um, he needs the Carotta boys back in his royal box, I think. In his royal box? He needs the Carotta <laughs> <his> boys. Royal <laughs> <box>. <laughs> his royal carrot box. No, he needs them back in his player box or, or even just in the in the stadium, to be honest, um, cheering him on because it's going to be a real um, uphill battle, particularly because there, there might be mental baggage from uh you know from last year when he was was two sets up and lost in five but also i think because uh, kim i'm not gonna lie looking at the players that that yannick sinner has defeated to get to a semi-final it's budget it's bit budget it's it's borderline like are we at wimbledon or are we in a atp challenger like you know i don't (laughs) think he's 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 faced anyone above I think I want to say like 75 in the world to get to you know Grand Slam semi-final and mm. and as a result that step up from a Roman Safulin for example who amazing you know great story him getting to a a Wimbledon quarter-final but going from that to a Novak Djokovic um it's 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 a completely chalk different and cheese. it is chalk and cheese and and when you drop in sets to Roman Safulin that does not fill me with great confidence that you've got a genuine shot out of Novak Djokovic. Yeah, and the last three sets of Sinner Djokovic from 2022 was 6-3, 6-2, 6-2. Mm. And I'm scared that that is going to be the case come Friday. Um, so... There might be like a tokenistic 
set maybe thrown seven, in. Seven five, yeah, seven potentially. Six, I think Sinner um, can live with with Djokovic's game. I think it's to me it's it's more of a question of of how long, and I just unfortunately mm. just can't see it over um you know five sets over five sets. So um, I think it's going to be tough, but yeah, it's nice to see. I think Sinner you know, Sinner get to a, a Grand Slam semi-final. I mean, he's so consistent. He's been to the quarterfinals, I think, of all all the Grand Slams. And I think Andrei Rublev must be looking at his draw and thinking, just sort of cursing his luck. Because I do think sometimes it's just the, it's just the draw you get. And uh, I was reading some interesting comments about the fact that uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I know, I'm here saying Sinner's had an easy draw to the semi-finals, but I have no doubt some of our listeners will say there's no such thing as easy draws at, at Grand Slams, um, and you know you've got to you got to face what's in, you've got to face what's in front of you. So I certainly think that Sinner, you know, now that he's got to the semis, he needs to make the most of this moment. But it's it's going to be an uphill battle from point one. Yeah, and you can't control your draw. Um, you can only control you know, what you do against who you're playing against. And, you know, you could have had Yannick in this draw. You could have had a draw like Alina Svitolina where you've got all these Grand Slam champions lining up to play you. So it is just very much, as they say, luck of the draw. Um, and yeah, odds are against him, but you you never know. Uh, maybe the carrots can beat the apples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the other side, we've got Alcaraz uh, against Medvedev as the semi-final. Alcaraz came through against Holger Runa today um straight sets it was seven six six four six four um quite an entertaining first set uh Alcaraz getting that on a tie break and then I thought this match was gonna be four five sets maybe I thought it was actually gonna be you know a bit closer in terms of like at least Holger Runa getting a set um but you know Alcaraz got the job done and you know I think Runa played fairly well but just wasn't quite um at Alcaraz's yeah. level today obviously um what did you make of 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 the match today yeah I thought it was very tough and combative um for those first two for those first two sets there wasn't much I think either side um and I think you know it was uh, you know the, you know going into this match it was it, it, I was curious to see because you know there's going to inevitably be a lot of parallels between these two players these two young players you know I think it's always great to see you know young players in these big arenas with these big moments because you really want to see how they hand handle themselves on the on the court and um you know I think for Carlos Alcaraz he just handled it um slightly better I think he's just that tiny bit better in all of the departments um compared to like a Holger Runa in terms of the aggression he shows in terms of his weight of shot I still think there's some work to do I still I'm not convinced by Alcaraz's forehand I still think that there is work to do there I think there are for me there are too few many shots regulation shots that were going long but Holger Runa at the end of the day just wasn't able to to live with him and although it was kind of I think tiny percentages in those those first two sets the more it went on it the more it felt like it was going to be a formality for Alcaraz yeah and I think Alcaraz probably you know if he wants to go all the way here you know I think he's quite glad he, he avoided getting into a, a five set you know really long attritional battle because it just hopefully keeps him that that bit fresher you know, albeit, you know, he's under the age of 21. I mean, it was the first Wimbledon quarterfinal between two players under 21 in the whole of the open era, um, you know, for the men's side of things. So I think that alone just shows you what an exciting, you know, prospect both of them are and already so highly ranked, of course. There's no doubt I think this is going to be a rivalry 
uh, you know, for the future. I know, um, I know Wimbledon would have you believed, it, you know, it's Carlos Alcaraz and, and Yannick Sinner, but certainly Carlos Alcaraz Holgerun is going to be, a, I think, a captivating story for years to come. I don't think this will go down as, uh, you know, I think they're going to have plenty more tussles in the future, and this is not going to be one that is going to be. I think you know, written home, home about, and you know, glorified. Uh, you know, when we look, you know, when we look back on all of them. But um, yeah, I think Alcaraz just showed where he's at and the, the experiences that he has had. And although I think both are relatively inexperienced on on grass, again, I think credit to, to Alcaraz in terms of the way that he's come into the tournament. Um, you know, winning queens. Uh, it's just given him that level of confidence. I think that he can do this, and he he can believe in himself and his movement on this court that could potentially set him up. Um, you know, going forward because he is going to need everything working for him. And I'd say like that was eighty percent there against Holgeruna, but I think he needs to get closer to ninety five, one hundred. I agree. And and you never know, it could still be an Alcaraz Sinner final and Wimbledon might have the last laugh with their poster <laughs> predicting Alcaraz and Sinner. I mean, that would be quite sort of prophetic, wouldn't it? If, if it does end up being a final uh, between them two. Although it's, like we said, very unlikely when Djokovic will have something to say about that. Um, let's have a look at the final quarter. It was Medvedev against Chris Eubanks. Um, Eubanks having this absolute dream run here at Wimbledon. Um, but it was like he was still in a dream. I know. Well, he went two sets to one up and we all thought... It was a tie oh, break oh away. God. I know. It, it was crazy scenes, really. Um, and then the fifth set really sailed away. 6-1 to Medvedev, who got the job done. But yeah, I mean, Medvedev took the first set, but was just completely then, you know, overwhelmed by Chris Eubanks, um, just hitting hitting massive. And um, Medvedev just sort of looked a bit shocked, uh, like, what do I do? Uh, but he managed to get the job done, cling it back. You know, that, that fourth set tie break obviously kind of put an end to things, really. Eubanks just couldn't, um, couldn't play the same way in the fifth set. It looked quite, um, you know upset you know sort of sad <laughs> as it yeah. went on i mean eubanks has had a phenomenal run and although you'll be disappointed no doubt that he was so close to getting to a grand slam semi-final um he, he can he can hold his head high in terms of what he's done in this tournament um you know his his ranking where it was yeah, a few months ago and, and where it will be um this has been a, a career making i think you know to event for him and to think, you know, I think he's now set the record for the most winners in a, you know, Wimbledon championships. Um, it just shows, I think, the brand of tennis he brings to the court and how, I think, ex- you know, exciting he, he can be at times. But at the same time, Daniel Medvedev, he got it done in the end and he showed great, I think, mental resolve. And he just lifted his tennis at the times he needed to because when he was two sets to one down, I was wondering... Uh oh, is this is Medvedev going out here? Are we gonna have Eubanks in the in the semi-final? But he he raised his game and his returning against, you know, someone with a, a bomb of a serve like Chris Eubanks was was impeccable. It was almost kind of, I don't want to compare it to Novak Djokovic, but it was almost it it reminded me of, of Djokovic's um display against um uh, Hubert Herkash. So for that to happen and, and for him to cut down on the unforced errors, particularly in those those um yeah, those last two sets, it was just, um, it, it was, I was, yeah, I was impressed with how he raised his game when he needed to most. 
And, you know, that is the hallmark of a Grand Slam champion, which he is. Um, he's also never lost on court one. So if only, you know, the rest of the tournament was was held. Well, on I, I was saying, I, I was going to say earlier, if if the men's final was uh, Medvedev Djokovic on court one, then, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that would have maybe that would give him more chance. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, because I don't think he uh, I mean, he's played on centre court before, but um uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he adapts, I think, from one court to the other because um, he seems to be playing so well on, on court one at times. Um, he almost doesn't want to He almost doesn't want to let it go, it seems. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, just a note on Eubanks, he'll be in the top, I think, 35 in the world after his run here and also after winning his first grass court title in, in Mallorca. So, you know, hopefully he can be seeded for the US Open if he keeps up this form and takes that onto the hard court swing. Looking at the semi lineup that we do have, you know, this this side of the draw, we've got Alcaraz against Medvedev in the semi. They are one uh, one match apiece in their head-to-head. And actually, Medvedev beat Alcaraz uh, at Wimbledon two years ago. That was a comfortable straight sets victory. Obviously, Alcaraz, I think that was probably the first time he yeah. played at Wimbledon. So very different now. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think we can read. I don't think we can read too much into, into that, that maybe. Yeah, <laughs> compared to... I'm reading more into Sinner Djokovic, I think, mm. from uh, from last year than, than yeah. that uh, previous match. Yeah. Well, let's make some predictions for the semi-finals. So um, let's let's do the men as we're as we're on on the subject. Uh, here we go. Medvedev against Alcaraz, Joel. Who are we going for, and how many sets? Medvedev in four. Ooh, okay. I've gone Alcaraz in four, so Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> but you have just been selling Daniel Medvedev to me, mm. um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, maybe leaning more towards <laughs> that. But we'll see. And what about Djokovic Sinner? Djokovic, Djokovic in three, and the Karota boys to post on social media that that they're very sad about it. Oh, the poor carrots. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got Djokovic in three as well, and I've put in brackets at an absolute stretch for sets mm. something unbelievable has to happen to me like uh, you know Djokovic hitting a um getting defaulted or, or yeah. line, hitting a line judge or getting injured or or something something like mm. that it, it, it has to I think start with with Novak Djokovic I just can't see Yannick Sinner raising his game to a level that is going to to beat him He'll have to, I don't know, have a magician coming out of his Gucci bag <laughs> or something on court. Yes. <laughs> um, and so for the women's side of things, Svitolina against Von Drusova, who have you got and how many sets? I'm going to say Svitolina in three. Oh, okay. I've gone for Svitolina in two sets. I think she's okay. going to... I think Von Drusova's not going to have enough um, pizzazz around the court, shall we say. Um, Yabor Sabalenka. Sabalenka in two. Oh, I've gone Javor in three. Oh, <laughs> Very no. different on our predictions. Well, today. I mean, we've got to we've got to address the elephant in the room, Kim. I mean, what do you think Wimbledon are going to be making of of the fact that we could have Svitolina versus Sabalenka in a ladies final? I mean, I, this is something we're probably going to be talking about maybe on on the on the on the semi-finals catch-up pod. But that is the probably the one of the worst outcomes. I'm going to assume. Um, that they would have thought about um, going into this tournament, Ukraine versus Belarus. It's a bit awkward. And I think what also makes it awkward is the fact there won't be a handshake at the end. And if the crowd don't really fully understand the ramifications, then I just don't want a sort of Roland Garros style booing situation. Um, You would hope that and expect that in a Wimbledon lady singles final, the Wimbledon crowd would be... 
I mean, the, photo, the photos afterwards, the photos afterwards, what's what's going to happen there? I think there's, there's a mm. lot of, uh, you know, mm. there would be a lot of a need the for speeches. clarification, I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, I get I get that we've had Ukraine versus Belarus already with, with Azarenka, but certainly with Sabalenka and her actions in, in terms of the French Open and, and you know, her approach to, to press conferences, certainly this is much more dicey, I think, for the and nervous, I think, for um for the organizers so um uh, yeah as a result i'm like i really want that to happen but um it could <laughs> sure. i think that could get that could get ugly couldn't it if that happens i mean last year they had you know rebecca Nawin, who is russian born and, and raised so arguably that was also a bit awkward mm. um as the question came out last year but we will see um it may not happen so we'll we'll get to that point if it does but yeah if Wimbledon might be thinking come on on Jabor uh, let's avoid this <laughs> awkwardness um just a note as well um a couple of British results um we did have Maya Lumsden and Nike the Baines getting to the quarters of the mm. women's doubles uh which you know they that this is the best result of of their their career um, they're the first British pair to reach the women's doubles quarterfinals since 1983. Yeah. Like so, 50 so, years or something, wasn't it? Uh, 40 years. Oh, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not quite. At 50, yeah, yeah, sorry, my maths is is, is completely <laughs> off there. Um, but yeah, great result for them. They got kind of whipped today by Merchants and and Storm mm, Hunter. Tough pairing, tough mm. doubles pairing there. But I think they'll be pleased with their their tournament overall. I mean, they've done something that no one's done for 40 years. So full credit to them and um yeah i just you know that's a really good result um and neil skupski is in the men's doubles semi-finals with wes Kohlhoff. um so they've got ebden and papana uh your favorite kevin kravitz is also in the semi with mm. the quet so uh, he's uh he's still going and then um, uh, no kim he's dead to me now that he doesn't now he doesn't play tennis with uh me so yeah oh not bothered anymore <laughs> Um, we also had Johnny O'Mara and Olivia Nichols uh, in the mixed semis but they lost uh, to Pavic and uh, Kitchenock so uh, some British um, success and I guess uh, yeah losses but hopefully maybe Neil Neil Skupski can go all the way in the men's Um, and also Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reid in the wheelchair event as well Alfie is going well he's going to be hoping to get a career grand slam here um if he was able to win the title so we shall see and we'll cap um all the results off over the course of the next few Mm. days yeah it's very exciting it's all hotting up at the championships listeners i hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the tennis weekly podcast remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action still to come from Wimbledon. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or email the show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Tennis Weekly Pod. You can email us on tennisweeklypod at gmail.com or check out our website, tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Friday evening at Tennis Weekly HQ for our semi-finals Wimbledon catch-up. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.